0: Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome. This is uh, Leo Anna Thomas of Mental Health in Film here.
1: And I'm Matt Longley of Six Feet from the Spotlight. I think I've got it right this week again, which is yeah. pretty good. That's probably and, two on the trot.
0: Yeah. And is it is it famously sunny where you are, Matt, or is it shifted?
1: It's always sunny in Ashby, but it's gone a little bit cloudy today. It's a bit colder than it was at the weekend. I think it was, uh, we had 24 degrees... Celsius, which, uh, because we've got an American with us, that's 80 something, no, Uh, nearly 80. 70 70 something, 70 70 something. Yeah, yeah. So yes, you you better introduce our guest, Leo.
0: Yeah, yeah, we have a wonderful guest from somewhere that is very sunny, all the way from Los Angeles. A good friend of mine and an actor who I met on Black Mirror in (laughs) 2015. 16 (laughs) 17 you can anyway emily emily vernickel vernickel is that your vernickel very Very
2: close emily vernickel vernickel there you go hello lovely welcome thank you thank you for having me hello welcome It is very sunny here in Los Angeles, so I'm very, very lucky. And I think it was 70, 70 degrees this morning when I went out for my walk. Oh my and then God. I know it'll get up, you know, into the 80s. Last week, I think it was in the 90s, so it was pretty pretty warm. Um, but it was, it's you had so hail nice. a couple of weeks ago, though, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Lots of hail, uh, lots of thunderstorms, just torrential. <laughs> wow. I <laughs> remember the, the, the last time well, you know, you I was able to go skiing another. and snowshoeing outside the door. <laughs>
0: bless you the last time you and i saw one of emily was uh august last year and i when we had a dinner together in my boiling hot airbnb in west hollywood (laughs) yeah that was a really miserable
2: location because of the heat and the boiling but it was so lovely to have dinner with you and it was so wonderful to have you here for so such a long little stint of time it seemed Um, yeah yeah I think was, I was
0: there for like three and a half, four weeks. Yeah, three. it was really special. It was so nice. Wow. So we, we did meet, I can't remember the bloody year. I should have checked that before. I think it was, it was an episode of, it was season four, Black Mirror, and the episode was Black Museum, and I think it was 2017. 2017, yes, it yes. was.
2: Yes, that was when we met um, in, in England, was which was
0: amazing. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah. So yeah, you're, you're an actor. How long... How long have you been in the industry for? And how did you get into it is kind of where I want to start.
2: So I guess I, um, I've i been performing ever since I was little. So when I was young, the way I played was always performance oriented. So I would come up with sort of games or fantasy worlds to sort of play out characters and live in. And then I would sit my parents and their friends down and just do the thing in front of them so it was like Excellent. you know I was always like forcing them to uh enjoy my creations and my uh, my sort of fantasy worlds that I would create and dance shows and even commercials that we would sort of put on and pretend like we were selling something. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, so I guess it started when I was very, very young and I started dance classes when I was three and I just loved, loved performing and, and creating through art. Um, and uh, And then I did that all the way through high school Um, until I was about 18 and as a graduation gift before I went off to college my grandparents um, they were avid and still are avid theater and opera goers and they used to live in Michigan um, in Metamora and they always went to the Stratford Shakespeare Festival and we would always go as kids with them and um, one year I guess they were seeing a show and they found this program for uh, sort of 17, 18 year olds uh, to do like a two week boot camp.
0: <laughs> and yeah.
2: Um, yeah. And so from about nine until five every day, we were in acting classes. And then from about, I mean, every single evening, we would see a show. Um, and for two weeks, that was my life. And I just thought it was the best thing that had ever happened to me. And I was like, well, that that sort of just benchmarks what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And I was so inspired by those actors and those teachers and fight choreographers in those programs, um, that I went off to college and I knew, you know, I was at a, at a small liberal arts college and I knew that that would be the only year I would be there because they didn't have a strong enough acting program. So I left immediately after that and, and did my undergraduate training. Um, and then, um, and then after that, I moved to New York. Uh, so after I graduated, I think that was in 2012. Um, I went off to New York City and I started auditioning and and working from there. But it wasn't until 2017 that I then I booked Black Mirror and and then got to meet you um, yeah. in England, which was uh, felt very full circle because I'm I'm dual citizen. So for me yeah. to get like my first TV guest star role to be to book that and then be flown to England to shoot it was just so surreal and, and an incredible experience. It was such a celebration of like, wow, this is like, this is really my career now. (laughs) So.
0: Yeah. It was such a pleasure meeting you and it was such a fun, though sometimes challenging job for my experience anyway, just in general, but it was such a joy to be with you on set and you're inspiring and you're calm and you're very talented and just a beautiful presence. So, like, I guess, I guess one question I want to ask is: You mentioned, like, yeah, you're you're uprooted. You're you're flown to another country to work, and the hours are long, and you're away from home. How do you do? You find how does that affect you, if any, in terms of I mean, these podcasts? Well, are about mental I health think, and um, what is, yeah.
2: honestly, I think I was so excited, I did not sleep a wink on the flight over. So I mean, I was just exceedingly jet lagged. And I remember just feeling like a sort of fish, you know, fish out of water or fish in a bowl. And I just felt like I was floating around everywhere because I was just like so jet lagged and so excited. And my, my adrenaline was like, just going crazy. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, you. for me, I, I landed at Heathrow and somebody came to pick me up and then drove me to Twickenham. And, and I was just sort of, you know, put immediately into a costume and wardrobe fitting and hair makeup test. And, you know, it was just like I just was on cloud nine. And then I think... <laughs> luckily I had a couple days like I had I think I had like the weekend maybe three four days solid before I was expected to show up on set for my first day of shooting and I really took that time to walk in the parks and go for runs go to the gym uh, drink lots of water get lots of rest and really just sort of rebalance and recalibrate myself and sort of get myself to feel like really grounded and very present and I was very lucky to have that amount of time before yeah. my first day
0: i, I definitely yeah I that was going to be my next question like i'd assume you'd be straight in and just there you go in front of the camera but i'm glad you got a couple days and uh yeah I well i one think of, i the think um, to go ahead go
2: ahead well i i just think that you know it, um you just have i have to have a little bit of time to just Breathe and recalibrate before you can really focus. And, I, and I've been really lucky in the times that I have been flown out for jobs to have had one, two or maybe three days to really just ground in the new area, uh, in the new place, in the new city that I'm in before going and, and doing my work and, and being in a scene on camera shooting um, with everybody. Um, yeah.
1: Did you know anybody on that production when you were coming over? Was that? Were you? Was everybody a stranger on that production when on Black Mirror when you got here?
2: Oh yeah, every I didn't know anyone, but I think many of us because many of us came from the states, we immediately sort of created this amazing bond together. And what was so special is that we, the way they had, you know, had everybody arrive and then go into. Um, Uh, hair makeup and wardrobe fittings and then we had a reading before we started shooting and I think you know we had time as a cast to bond and chat and really get to know each other and then Colin McCarthy the the director was so wonderful because he had individual meetings with all of us so we really got a chance to settle in and feel connected and uh, be really present with one another before we before we embarked on this this amazing production. Um, so I was really grateful for that.
0: Yeah, I remember I remember that read through actually in the uh, upstairs room or that extra room in that pub in Twickenham. And Colm, the director, was very supportive, and he was a fun guy to be around on set and very focused and fun. And uh, yeah, I remember that read through. It was. Uh, I think I had just come back from, or was just going to recce a location in in um, Lanzarote for the for the other other episodes. It was all kind of tied in together. It was a kind of stressful experience for me at times, but but I remember I remember because I used to wear patchouli. Well, I still wear patchouli, and I remember you talking about being grounded and kind of making sure you breathe and taking the time, and uh, you picked up on my my patchouli. Yes, I did. But,
2: you know, I think I can't remember if we our first meeting was at the reading or if or if we really just met my first day on set when we were filming my first scene. I can't remember what the order of that was.
0: I think I think I think it was I think we met in the read through. I think I think I know why. Actually, we did because I remember having coffee in my hand and I just taken a bite of stuff in my face basically. (laughs) You came up to me whilst I was like mouthful of like croissants and was like, hello (laughs) That was my experience.
1: That's nothing changed, is it? Because you were after donuts earlier on.
0: I know, but that's because I'm due on my period. I'm a very open woman. My body right now is having some strange cravings. That's that's a whole nother podcast though.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well you know what I remember I think, you know, for me it was always at a uh, i was going back and forth right between like high nervous system wanting to take over and then being really grounded really present and meditating and doing all my sort of techniques to to really get uh grounded but i remember that first day obviously the first day shooting was like terrifying of course because it was my first uh my first guest star role on a tv show and and I, you know that's a lot of pressure and so i was um yeah. I was really, um, focusing and really trying to find ways to continue to ground myself. And I remember, you know, the scene that I was, that I was shooting that first day was probably the most nerve wracking scene to shoot of all. Um, yeah. and you were there and I just remember feeling very, uh, very safe and very um calm with your presence there because you were so relaxed yourself and again i did pick up on the patchouli scent and i you know we sort of talked about essential oils and you know how that can be so helpful in scenarios of high stress or anxiety to really use those as a as a supplement to to help yourself in those situations and that was such a
0: such a blessing <laughs> Yeah, no, I thank you for mentioning it. I it it was kind of it was a it was a mirrored experience. I I must have done a very good job at looking calm on the outside because <laughs> because <laughs> I always feel like there's roles in this industry where people are like swans and they're just kind of like elegantly getting on with it, a bit under the you know, their feet are paddling like what the fuck and like trying to keep up with it. So it was a mirrored kind of experience that I was just trying to calm myself down. Hence, why I had patchouli on myself as well, and so it's it goes to show you these little changes that we've been talking about in these podcasts about helps, that little helps, that uh, little things that can help people. But I'm glad it was a, an assistant assistance to you, and uh, I'm forever going round. I have a, I have a bum bag now. Oh, do you? Call them, you call them fanny packs? How fancy! You? Yes, <laughs> I, 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 knew what you were
2: talking about when you said bum bag. But yeah, we call them fanny packs. which
1: <laughs> Took me weeks to get over that one when I first went to the states, and somebody oh. gave me, "Here's your free fanny pack, oh. bum." <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Well, I've got a, f- a, a fanny pack full of essential oils. There you go. That's mm. what I keep with me now. I've kind of upgraded myself with selection of oils. Yes, you so have. That's wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's not bad. So it's um, so it sounds like you've kind of you look after your mental health and you kind of know, you understand your body and how it's feeling and know when to take that breath.
2: Yeah, I, I um, you know, I I think it's always a process of learning and changing and adapting what you're h- how to manage that. Um, but I think I took a real interest in mental health and, um and, uh, psychology when I, I think maybe when in 2014, I started really diving into that. And actually it was amazing because the more I practiced, um, awareness and presence and meditation, uh, the more I felt I was excelling in my artistic endeavors. So, you know, whether or not that is related. I feel like it's a very important thing for me to maintain so that I can create and function at my my best and have my A game accessible at all times. Um, but the you know the nervous system is very animalistic and it's very stubborn, so it's always cropping up in places that you're like, oh hello, I didn't know that that was gonna happen and that I was gonna have like a massive <laughs> massive. Uh, emotional, physical, maybe sometimes experience to this audition or meeting this person or or um, you know, when someone said this comment oh my goodness, you know, it just totally throws you and how to sort of be aware of yourself and how to get yourself back into a place yeah. where
0: yeah. I can do this. Have you seen have you seen um, have you ever witnessed anyone else crew or cast uh, struggling and and uh I guess, what's my question? My <laughs> brain's gone. What's my question?
2: I think I know where you're going. Go ahead then. Do you want to just, just, just yeah? Yeah, so, um, you know, I haven't ever um, seen, uh, at, at the high level, I haven't ever seen a situation where um, a cast or crew member was having a very hard time um yeah. and I and I guess maybe I've been lucky enough to be a part of sets and, and casting and crews that uh um are just very grounded, wonderful people and, and know how to manage mm. that. Um But um I have been an experience where there have been some differences in opinion and mind and way of wanting to do something on set uh, or conduct a meeting or get a task done. And I think, um, you know, for me, the biggest thing is to stay grounded and create boundaries, um, for myself and others in what is okay, what's not okay. And when something is, is clearly wrong. Um, I, I, you know, I try to stand up for myself and another person. Um, Good. and that nice. isn't always easy. Uh, and it isn't always, i it's not something that I've always been successful at, but I feel as, uh, as time has gone on, I, I have been more confident in, standing my ground and defending somebody else when I know someone is behaving incorrectly or inappropriately
0: yeah it's not an easy thing to do I understand you I've, I've been in many situations like 16 years I've been in this industry and I've been in handfuls of situations that I won't go into details where I've just watched and I've been kind of paralyzed with like what the hell am I supposed to do who do I speak to there is no one to speak to and it's luckily we're in a turning point now with everyone talking about mental health and it's great and the turning point of how how the industry can change with the new roles like Matt and I are trying to develop with the wellbeing facilitator i did have during this time but obviously covid-19 interrupted that uh training for being a coming uh, intimacy coordinator which I know is a bigger role in the US than it is here
2: yeah that that is um that is huge here and and i am i know I'm lucky enough to know some people who are uh, at the forefront of that movement and i'm I'm so proud of the work that they've been doing and i I think it is so necessary and you know, I'm just going to actually circle back to what you were saying about you know, if you see your uh, are are seeing someone who's experiencing something that is, uh, very anxiety inducing or stress inducing, or they're, you know, being yelled at by somebody and it's an inappropriate situation or whatever it is. I think the most important thing is to make sure that that person doesn't feel alone. Um, yeah. so, you know, for me, even if I don't feel comfortable in the situation, you know, putting myself at risk and standing up to somebody or, you know, um, uh, setting those, those hard, fast boundaries. I think the most important thing is to go to that person and sit or stand by them and make sure that they don't feel alone and that they're feeling heard by somebody. Um, even if it is the only thing you can do. So for me that if, if I'm in a situation where it's not, uh, it's not something that I can, I'm not in a position that I can say or do anything. At least if I can go and, and lend my presence and my, my, um, my ear, then I feel like I've at least done the best I can at that moment.
1: Yeah. Able to offer support and look after them. Yeah. lend lend your ear is the best thing isn't it that somebody can talk even if you can't actually achieve you can't actually change anything you but you could guide somebody in the right in the right way possibly as to how to handle a situation that you can't actually intervene in
2: yeah because i think i think this goes into the feeling of sometimes you know with with a dynamic in a work uh situation in our industry sometimes you know power plays such a part of um, our roles and, you know, you sort of have to assess what kind of, what kind of power do I have in this situation and, and it, and assess that. And that, and that's unfortunate because it feels like, you know, you can put yourself, uh, at risk, um, by, by standing up for yourself or someone else, which is really not okay. And that in that, that's where I think the mental health personnel who would be on set, which is what you guys are supporting would be so, so helpful. And same with the intimacy coordinators who are on set now, that is such a helpful um, role to be present on set so that there is someone to go to and say, look, this is what I'm feeling and I need someone else to set the boundaries because I can't, or I feel uncomfortable doing that, or I don't feel like I have power enough to do that. So my job or my reputation might be at risk you know there's just so many different elements so having that um, position on set I think is is so
1: important yeah you've got to kind of shift that balance of power haven't you so there is there is somebody who you can go to who maybe has that ability and the the, the power in the end to go and, and say something because they're 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 given that accountability by the people who are making the program that program or the the, whatever thing it is and they can go in and and actually do it without you jeopardizing your own position because that's where it all lies at the moment isn't it is um if you feel you cannot you cannot say anything because you won't get another job then somebody has the power over you and that's it done yeah so yeah i
0: wonder i wonder how i wonder where it all just derived from where it all kind of grew from that it's kind of, we, we've done a we've done a podcast about the culture of the industry because what we're talking about now is great and so needed and it's a solution. It's a solution that is proven to work. Little tiny introductions for these new roles and they help. And I guess, like you said, Emily, it is, it is having that person that you can go to, a neutral person and someone you can trust and protect yourself and those boundaries as well. And it just baffles me that the industry itself would uh, even need a role. I kind of wish we weren't doing these podcasts. We wouldn't have to have this role because how do we get there? It's just, it's like I mean it happens in other sectors I know, but it just how that, there's all these struggles and these issues and these power dynamics, and you just think it just it just baffles me how we have we even gotten there. It is yeah. I I agree I absolutely. But yeah. I but I think but it's... There you- uh-
2: I think it is so exciting that mental health and intimacy are ta- being taken so seriously, particularly right now. I think that is huge. And I've always been an advocate for that um, for, you know, ever since I really started my career as an actor, you know, I was always that obnoxious student going, is this safe? <laughs> <You> know,
1: like, <laughs> is glad, this I'm safe?
2: You, you know, or like, or just, You know, when I was in a, you know, even in just like a theatrical class situation, you know, whenever we're doing fight choreography, the measures that the fight choreographer would take to make sure that whatever was being choreographed was safe and comfortable for everyone. I was like, well, why is nobody doing that for the intimate scenes as well? Um, So that was something that was always a curiosity to me. And then I just thought, okay, well, why don't, if if no one's going to do that for me, then I'm going to do that myself. So whenever I was in an intimate scene, I would always just check in with the other actor and say, Hey, what's your comfort level? This is my comfort level. And if there's anything yeah. that steps out of bounds, then I'll let you know. And, and, I, and you can trust that I will tell you, Hey, that did not feel okay. Let's try it a different way. Or maybe let's, let's try something else, you know?
1: And so I yeah. was able to
2: really be vocal with my scene partners in that in that way and I think it it helped them feel safer too because I was just able to open up that dialogue um so that we could really just create the relationship dynamic right because that's the most exciting part is creating the characters and the story and the relationship dynamic between the two people you know
0: yeah so to get that chemistry going is is yeah, to have that chemistry brewing and that connection, it gets, you pick it up on screen, you pick it up on stage, you kind of, you can sense that it's there. And um, it's, I think there's a lot, there has been a lot of, um, in the UK, a lot of people, I think, have been, a few of the productions I've worked on, there's been some intimacy scenes and an intimacy coordinator has been invited in and they ask the director and the actors. And there's been a lot of refusal. Um I think there's this kind of fear that that third person is gonna get in the way of the relationship with the director and the actors and it's gonna cause but it's actually there to facilitate an even better relationship, right? Yeah, absolutely.
2: A hundred percent. I think it's um I think it's a phenomenal um way to just make sure that everyone's communicating at top level. And that there's no discomfort. And I think I think it's um it's not to wedge You know, between the actors and the director at all, I see it as a as a as a bridge, Um, or you know, someone who's really just drawing a circle around the group and saying, "This is a safe space," and every any concern is accepted here. You know, and I think that that's beautiful.
0: Yeah,
1: it it is all about the communication, isn't it? And the planning and the making sure everybody knows what's expected of them in any in any situation, what's expected of me and what am I going to do and where can I set those boundaries and knowing that, that if anything gets changed. Um, it's even, even the same with health and safety and they, we, we've kind of accepted that now that, health and safety guys will come along and say don't do this or you could try that but they're actually there to try and help you do it so do something brilliant safely which is exactly the same thing as a intimacy coordinator or with a well-being coordinator is to make sure everybody's safe and happy but they still create something that's brilliant and that's the that's the whole idea and you get there by planning and working out how are you going to yeah. how are you going to how are you going to do it.
0: And you said it yourself, Emily, it's the same. It's like having a stunt coordinator. It's like when you see stunts or fight coordinators, you just it's having that same communication, right? It's it's common sense. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so we are in a good time. You're right. We are in a good time. And things are changing and it's there's optimism in the air, despite current situation that we're all under right now with the virus. Um but there is still optimism and it's still strength moving forward and it can only I hope that this time is like a kind of going off piece to a little bit. Bear with me. There's, this time has got like a, it's like a coin. There's two sides to this story, right? It's devastating what's actually happening in our present time with COVID-19. But it's an opportunity, I think, for everyone to pause and realize and obsess their own mental health from what this period is doing with them and keep the conversation going about how they can help themselves and then what that looks like when you return to society and go back to work. And it will just infiltrate even further into the film industry.
2: Well, I, I have a question actually for you. I, I read an article recently that suggested that, you know, with this whole situation and, and how that's going to affect the industry. And, you know, they were suggesting that there's going to be a real death and a rebirth of our industry. And they suggested that perhaps the industry is going to adopt the sort of French model with the, eight-hour, five-days-a-week sort of structure. And I just wonder what your thoughts are on that and and how that will affect people's mental health. And, you know, yes, it means, you know, a project will take longer, but uh, it does allow for cast and crew members to have sort of a life outside of the project. Um, And how is that? I just was so excited by the potential of thinking through that as an option.
0: You know what? Two things. Thank you for asking me a question. You're the first person to have done that on one of these as guests. So thank you. And, um. Oh my goodness. My it. pleasure. And it's great. I'm having the tables turn. You've got to um, answer it now. Oh yeah. And a second one. I'll answer it. Um. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's great. I think, I think more time in prep, more time, especially in prep. And doing like an eight hour day, five days a week, I think it's perfect. I think, well, perfect's, I don't try not to use that word, perfect is the enemy of good. But just, if it prolongs a contract as well, I mean, you're in work for longer as well, and you're less stressed, and you're able to, I think, think clearly. It's, I'd be very happy with that. I'd be so extremely happy with that. One thing, one thing, I have a question for you now in return. This is like a tennis match. I like questions. I like it. Go ask. <laughs> uh, I was just talking to Matt. I'll about this. It doesn't surprise me based on our relationship, like Leo. <laughs> <laughs> Matt and I spoke just before, you, uh, before we joined you for this call about an article. Um, and I guess I want to ask you how you feel about this, being an actor. There was an article in The Telegraph and The Guardian uh, newspapers over here. I know you're familiar with um, about, I think it was the BBC suggesting the way to continue making TV shows Two in particular, which I won't name um, were to quarantine crew and cast together for the period of time that you're working. So we can make more contact, uh, more content. I have such a mixed feeling on this. It is like, Well, first of all, what do you think, if you allow that to marinate? I
2: mean, I have very mixed feelings about that as well. I think on the one hand, it could feel like the biggest slumber party party. (laughs) On the one hand, (laughs) it could feel like it's the biggest slumber party you've ever had and the best thing of all time. On the other, it could be the worst nightmare you've ever had. And so I feel (laughs) like, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to begin with that. Um... I think it really just depends on who you have gathered as the cast and crew and you have to be very selective in Mm -hmm. that. But then again, you know, I don't know. I would really love to be able to sort of adopt the French model of of filmmaking and, and shooting television series, but at the same time be able to come home and be with my friends and family that are outside of the workplace because that's sort of, you know, very healthy and a great balance for work and life uh so i would love for that to happen but at the same time i mean i guess it's not very different from if you were shooting in australia for two three months you're kind of quarantined already with those people because you really only see them only know them and you know with the way we were shooting you know 10 12 hour days or more um that was really all you those were the only people you really had time for anyway so I don't know yeah. I'm not really sure which I would prefer but I think there's pros and cons to both yeah. I guess we'll just have to well, sort of wait and see what happens
1: yeah there's probably a balance to be had somewhere isn't there where depending on what you're doing and where you are what how that works so you you may end up with longer shoot days in certain areas for certain things and then but you get then get you throw that off with you maybe get a little bit more time off or or something like that because obviously yes if you have flown around the world to do a project you kind of perhaps want to get that project over as quick as you can but um still that i think it's it's going to be a balance and again it's that comes down to planning and working out what how you want to run it doesn't it because yeah if if but things like um coronation street or some of the soap operas that go yeah and they, they could really go to a french model um <laughs> to, mm-hmm. leo's making rude gestures at me <laughs> <laughs> or is it about coronation street i haven't watched it yeah
0: no it's I'm, coronation street it's not personal no no uh, sorry to interrupt
1: yeah you can edit this yeah, out so, if you want <laughs> no no don't worry but it's it is about the how he i've lost my train of thought completely so, so sorry that's right it's how you how you plan and and it's it's horses for courses i suppose is the british the british way of saying it isn't it is uh, you kind of work out what the project is and how you want to run it, but take into consideration when you're planning it that you kind of should be giving people time off um, yeah rather than working a six hour day six hour sorry six day week and shooting twelve to sixteen hours every day
0: yeah it's really um I didn't actually. I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad I asked you because I didn't see it properly the other way around in terms of like yeah. If you're going away on location and you're all together for two or three weeks anyway, and like the hours that you do, it's pretty much that anyway. But it's. But um, I guess the thing I had an issue with uh, was the fact that it seemed. And I need to do a bit more research into it. But the idea that it seemed like uh, it felt like a not a very caring duty of care to crew and cast just to assume just because to make TV shows we can just don't worry about your balance of life don't worry about your personal life just come and all be here for three months or whatever and it's just a bit like come on there's more to that like you said the balance of life is so important yeah I'll get off my soapbox now and stop complaining we can talk about something else (laughs) (laughs) shouldn't do podcasts when I'm hormonal Matt that's what it is well,
1: we're we're getting some insights here, aren't we?
0: <laughs> well,
2: we can always re-record. We can always.
1: <laughs> so, Emily, obviously, um, you are an actor, but you've also done um, production, I think, and and a few other things as well. So, which which do you enjoy the most? Which which sort of um, floats your boat the most, really? And have you got anything exciting coming up as well? Is that? Um...
2: Well, um, I did have two productions that I was hoping to shoot this spring that obviously are being postponed um projects that I've been sort of the um just you know with my friends we we write and create as well and so I was sort of um I've seen that piece from very from the very beginning and completely transform and so I was really excited about being a part of those but you know, it's not. It's not like those are not going to happen. It's just a matter of when, uh, yeah. when we will be able to make that happen, and how production may be different uh, when we do that. So uh, we'll see with that. But I think, as far as preferring film or television, I don't. I don't have a preference. I love both. I think both bring something completely different. Um, I love I love television. I love uh, I love the intimacy and the intensity of that. But I also really love um, I guess I would say maybe the slower pace, but it's still equally as intense um, and intimate with shooting a film. Um, I guess you would I would just say that you have a little bit longer to really spend time with the cast and crew and, and creating that that piece. So I think both uh both are wonderful, both I love, um and I'm just really eager and excited for the opportunity to return to set, either yeah. in the film or in television and just create again in that way. It's going to be very, very special. It is a wonderful environment. yeah, there's nothing there's nothing else like it, you know. You can try and do some, you know, once you've been bitten by that bug, I think, unfortunately, there's nothing else that quite compares. So, um, you know, just just uh, waiting for the opportunity <laughs> to arise again.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it is, it is uh, bitten by the bug, yeah. It is, I can't recall the first time I was on set, but... I recall moments of just feeling very very fortunate like I've wanted to be in this industry since I was 11 and just gradually to to help create stories and help create kind of inspiring and entertainment because if it wasn't for having that TV put in my room that my mother reluctantly wanted to let me have when I was 11 I wouldn't have kind of been inspired to get into the industry in myself and you know these podcasts are talking about some of the issues and the problems that arise and it's a platform to share and hopefully people listening if they've had issues or not sure where to go it's a comfort it's like it's like a digital version from what you said Emily about someone giving you the space and giving you the time and knowing that you're not on your own and uh essentially that's what we're talking about a lot of these podcasts but there are so much there are so many wonderful stories and wonderful experiences as well that are just i'm trying to keep alive as well myself and matt and i have talked about it recently about sharing positivity because that's a, that's actually a wonderful thing for your well-being as well
2: i think one of the i think one of the elements of film and television that we didn't touch on though, leo is that um the wonderful relationships that you end up emerging from a project with I feel like the you know yeah you you can go into a production and sort of just do your thing and then leave but I really choose to cultivate the relationships that I emerge from a project with and I think those are incredibly special um, especially the ones that last I mean since 2017 we've been friends and and managing to make time and see each other in New York in Los Angeles in London and I think that is amazing I think that's so special and I consider you one of my dearest friends and so so I think that that is also an element of film intelligent production that is so important and so good for one's life and Mental health, I mean yeah. that alone is is huge because you have that stability and that structure for others who work in the industry who can give you that support and love when maybe others who don 't understand the industry can can't really give you that
1: yeah well the the reason why we 're doing this isn't it really is because of the we actually care about the people that we've worked with in the over the over out both of our times in in an industry um and you kind of want to give something back to those people um because the because of the times you've had, and there is an incredibly incredible bond about having worked on a on a particular production, um, and have been there when certain things have happened, and then you can, you've got all these stories to tell, and the guy the guys you've worked with know them, and the other guys are going, oh yeah, well, that sounds good. I wanted to be a part of that, so it kind of drags it in. My yeah, my first my first time on set was the Battle of Hogwarts, so I'm, I'm spoiled. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice that's, so, that's a pretty then, big one to come into
1: it is a big one to come into but yeah we we need to do some positive stories um because there are and we we talked about before we came on about doing some funny stories from our from our experiences on set and things like that so that just to just to show it's not all doom and gloom and um there is there is really some really funny stories and anecdotes. There's a couple of Facebook groups which which are up at the moment about movie set memories um, on Facebook which is fantastic if you can get on that go on go on that we'll invite you to it if you're on Facebook but um, get we'll get on that and there's there's some great stories that come up for all the way back to um, dr. No and the um, dr. shivago and films like that in the back back end of people talking about what their memories of those of the, the fantastic times they had. Um, 40, 50 years ago and some of them have been still in the industry now. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Getting a bit, uh, yeah.
0: It is, it is, you're right, Emily. It is, you know, spending hours and hours every day with each other. You do naturally, you're right, you do naturally bond. I know not everyone does, but I'm similar to you if I'm going to be there. If I'm going to spend 10 to 12 to 14, 16 hours a day of my life, I'm going to make sure I'm going to, enjoy my time there as well as work hard and I don't mean like force it you just like have a natural connection uh like with you and I yeah we've been in touch ever since and I'm blessed to know you as well and and to still have that connection means a lot to me and it does come and its it's fruition is born from the work and from the set and from that environment and uh I try and have more gratitude for that I try and keep that in now especially Especially when I feel irate about some of the things that are happening that do need to be talked about, but namaste, and then just kind of <laughs> move on. Nam yo horin ko, nam yo horin Just <sort> of...
2: <laughs> you know, one one uh, tidbit uh, that I love to do is uh, just notice the space. That's a good one too. If the meditation or the the Namaste doesn't really work, <laughs> just just sit and notice the space because you can just sort of maneuver yourself out of a, a high yeah. intense emotional experience when you're just noticing the space in the room.
0: Yeah, being present. Being present.
1: Anyway. Yeah. Right, well, think... we're up, we're up to forty five minutes now, so. Um...
0: Oh that's well, pretty cool
2: kick me off! My goodness,
0: <laughs> not at all, not at not all, not at all. I'd love to have you come back again great. when you when you do your next projects and have more experiences and and love to have you back again. I look forward to seeing you again whenever that
2: may be. Me too. You know, I think uh, the next time maybe we should focus on uh, just the hilarious experiences that happen on set. <laughs> I think that's a great. I think so.
0: Yeah, have I was have a have a think about that. I'm going to think. I'm gonna think about that too. And maybe we can return and just be like, right, let's share stories. Yeah. Let's
1: share stories. Uh, anecdotes. I love that. Fun. I love that idea. So, yeah. Right. Thank you, Emily. <laughs> Th- lovely to meet you and talk to you. Um we will say goodbye yeah. for now. I think I think Boris is speaking in a minute. No, well, we uh, don't need to go and listen to him. I'm not nah. listening to him. No, I'm not nah. listen to him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. No, no I really, really appreciate your time and energy. Thank you thank so much for joining us. Thank center. you so Thanks. much for having me. It's been a pleasure,
2: and I can't wait to so, meet you in person, Matt.
1: <laughs> yes, definitely. We must do it sometime. As I said to you, I was due over in Oregon for a wedding this uh, this summer, but uh, that's now next year. So normally, what we do is we we do a road trip, um, so I end up all over the all over the shop. Um, try and explore different bits of the US because um, yeah. I, I love it over there when I get over. So, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a wonderful evening. Oh, I can't find my mouse. I've got to switch it off but somehow. The recording. Cool. But anyway, goodbye. Awesome Thank you
0: Take care. Bye
1: bye. Bye bye.